we'll pick up where we left off a little bit last week and let's look at, um, at um, <clears throat> verses 24 um, 19 I'm sorry 19 uh, through 23 and they came to Ephesus and he left them there left them being Ananias and Sapphira and now he himself entered the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. When they asked him to stay longer, he did not consent, but taking leave of them, saying, I will return to you again if God wills. And he set sail from Ephesus. And when he had landed in Caesarea, he went up and greeted the church and went down to Antioch. And we talked about that a little bit last week, that, that in the... Biblical writings, they, they talked about up and down. They were talking about topographical things, and we don't do that today. We say uh, if we're going north, we're going up. If we're going south, we're going down. You know, uh, that kind of thing. But he left Ephesus in your map, and he went by sea all the way to Caesarea, and then he went back up to Antioch. And Antioch was the, the seat of the early Christian church. Now, the, the, the root of the church was still in Jerusalem, but the missionary emphasis was in Antioch of Assyria. So that's where we are. Verse 23, And having spent some time there, he left and passed successfully through Galatian uh, region to Perga, strengthening all the disciples. We don't know how long Paul stayed there. We think he paid, he probably stayed through the winter at Antioch. And, and then as Paul's nature was, he said, I got to get out of here, <laughs> so to speak. And so he left. And if you'll, we're looking now at the third missionary journey down here at top. So he was in Antioch of Assyria. And then he started this trick that we have over here. This is Asia. All this orange they're talking about is Asia, and Ephesus is over here on the corner. And uh, we'll say a little bit more about that in a minute. Okay, so now, <clears throat> verse 24. Now a Jew named Apollos, an Alexandrian by birth, and an eloquent man of Scripture, came to Ephesus, and he was mighty in Scripture. Uh, now, if you look on your, on your first missionary journey, Alexandria is right down here. And, and, and if it's, it's about 500 nautical miles across here to Ephesus, and it's about 900 miles around here on the, on, if you're going to walk or, or drive or ride or whatever from Ephesus, I mean from Alexandria to Ephesus. We don't know how he got there. Uh, that's not really important to the story, but he was in Alexandria. Now, Alexandria was the seat of, of uh, all things um, classical, uh, all things um, of learning. Uh, it was Rome, and then it was Alexandria, Egypt. So that was the big, the big places, and he was from there, 
And uh, let's go on and read what, what we say. In verse 24 again. Uh, he came to Ephesus and being a mighty in Scripture. The Lord had been instructing him in the way of the Lord. The man, excuse me, had been instructed in the way of the Lord. And being fervent in spirit, he was speaking and teaching accurately the things concerning Jesus, being acquainted only with the baptism of John. And he began to speak out boldly in the synagogue. But when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he became, uh, excuse me, and when he wanted to go to Achaia, and that's, Achaia is this little part that we were talking about yesterday, uh, last week, where Corinth is. Um, he wanted to go to Achaia, <coughs> according to Scripture here. And the brethren encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. And when he had arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace. For he powerfully refuted the Jews in public demonstrating by the scriptures that Jesus was the Christ. <clears throat> As Luke tells us, and we've seen it several times, uh, people enter the story and leave the story. And so here we have an entrance of Apollos. Uh, Apollos is mentioned uh, set, uh, seven times in 1 Corinthians. It's mentioned <coughs> twice here in Acts. And it's mentioned once in Titus. Uh, Apollos. Uh, if you've been with our study with Pastor Larry on, on Wednesday night when we've talked about uh, 1 Corinthians, he was very much involved in the Corinthian church. <clears throat> when he got there to Ephesus and he found out there was a big uh, Christian um, group in Corinth because that's where Paul had just left and where uh, Ananias and Sapphira just left, he says, I need to get a little bit closer. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. So, so uh, Apollos was very much involved in the early church. And, and like Ananias and Sapphira, we, we see them blipping in and blipping out. Now, for instance, in, in, in verse 26... But Priscilla and Aquila heard him, took him aside, and explained to him the way of God more accurately. With this verse, Priscilla and Aquila leave Acts. We've, we've seen, uh, we've seen uh, <clears throat> Peter leave Acts. We've seen Barnabas leave Acts. And now we're seeing uh, Priscilla and Aquila leave Acts. But we enter uh, Apollos. And it's going to be kind of short-lived because he's going to leave pretty quick. Uh, but he's a, a very important part of Scripture. Now, Apollos is, come, came, has, is on the scene by another reason, too, because of, uh, because of Hebrews. Uh, this is not in the lesson, so to speak, but a policy is, so we're going to talk about uh, Hebrews. We don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews. Uh, we, we just don't know. It's a tremendous study, Hebrews is, and, and it's just fantastic, and it, and, it, and it fills in a lot of gaps. But we don't know who wrote it. 
Martin Luther, and we've been talking about the Reformation, you know, and with the 500th anniversary of the, Refor of the Reformation, Martin Luther was the first one to uh, approach this thing and says, Apollos wrote Hebrews. We don't know if he did or he didn't. Uh, but the way the language is and how good the language is and how much he knew about Jewish history and all these things, it's possible that he did write it. Now, I want to read you a little bit about what he said. He was highly educated in Alexandria, uh, who would have been schooled in a literary style exemplified in, in Hebrews. It's a little bit... It's a little bit higher quality, so to speak, than what Paul Paul wrote. Uh, so the style is is um, is very important there. Good morning, Fred. Hello. <laughs> Been trying to get you in the choir. <laughs> hey, Larry. Y'all come on in. <laughs> come on in. Okay. That's okay. We're glad to have you. All right. He was very, very, he was schooled. He was a very much an educated man. Moreover, a Jewish believer. Uh, he had a thorough knowledge of the Old Testament scripture. And, and, and um, uh, it was, he was a defender of the Christian faith. Uh, as we'll see today of what he did. He, he was influential. He came uh, to be known and appreciated and loved by Paul. And so uh, we know from the very early history uh, of the church that Paulus was very much there. So one of the possibilities of the writer of the book of, he of Hebrews was Apollos. But we, we see him just in these little uh, short uh, chapters that we're going to, or verses that we're going to look at today. So Apollos came to Ephesus. He came to Ephesus and immediately he did the thing that he knew to do and that's teach and preach Jesus. To teach and preach Jesus. And he went to the synagogue. That's not unusual for us. That's where Paul did his thing. He went to the synagogue. And he started teaching. And <clears throat> Priscilla and Aquila were there. Uh, and he started in verse 25, this man that was instructed in the way of the Lord, being fervent in spirit, he was speaking and teaching accurately the things concerning Jesus, being acquainted only with the baptism of John. And he began to speak out boldly in the synagogue. But Priscilla and Aquila heard him, and they took him aside. <clears throat> now, it's interesting to me. People sometimes don't take counsel. You with me? Sometimes it's hard for us hard-headed people to take counsel. But in this particular case, here was a man who was educated. He knew the, the Old Testament law. He was new Jesus. Uh, and he was teaching Jesus. But he was going to a point. The point was the baptism of John. 
He knew that. So hold your finger in Acts 18 and let's go to John, the first chapter of John. And that's over just one book. Just go to the left and go John chapter 1. Let's look at verses um, 23. And he said, I'm a voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. Isaiah the prophet said. And this is John the baptizer now. Now when they had been sent from the Pharisees, they asked him who said of him, Come in, Brad. <laughs> Good morning. I got you right in front of me now. <laughs> okay. Good morning, Yolanda. Okay. Back to John, John chapter 1. He says, You've been sent from the Pharisees. And you asked uh, and said to him, Why are you baptizing if you are not Christ or Elijah or the prophet? And John answered and said, I baptize in water. But among you stands one whom you do not know. It is he who comes after me, the thongs of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. And these things took place in Bethany beyond Jordan where John was baptizing. So John was baptizing. What was he baptizing? He was, says, repent. He says, your sins... You need to repent. And as a symbol of your repentance, I'm going to baptize you. Washing. Uh, it was an Old Testament thing that they did. Baptism was not un, unheard of to these people. So they says, we're going to baptize. And so John, the baptizer, was baptizing them for the repentance of sin. And this is the baptism that, <clears throat> that only... Uh, Apollos knew about at this time. So Priscilla and Aquila heard this in the temple and they said, you need to come to our house for dinner. And so they didn't, they didn't write the temple people. They didn't write the letter to the editor. They didn't jump up and down. They says, Apollos, come to our house. Let, let us tell you what has happened. Let us fill in the blanks. Jesus came. He lived. He died. He rose again for our salvation. And it was that, that taking aside that Priscilla and Aquila did. And, and, and Apollos was willing to listen to them. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't upset. Uh, and he says, these people have got something to tell me. And he kind of kicked his ministry in high gear. And in the course, Bill's just thinking out loud. Uh, they, they had come from Corinth. And he says, uh, where did y'all learn now this? And he said, well, we met Paul in Corinth. And we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. We don't know if, if uh, Apollo, excuse me, if Priscilla and Aquila were saved when they got there or, or, or if Paul led them to the faith. But at any rate, 
they came to know the Lord and they were great ministers in Corinth. And then when Paul was going to leave, Priscilla and Aquila left and they went to Ephesus. It's not uncanny how the Lord leads and how he moves and how he always has a people. And so he moved Priscilla and Aquila to Ephesus. Apollos came there, very zealous, preaching, teaching what he knew. And then Priscilla and Aquila took him aside and says, let's tell you the rest of the story. And, and in that context, he says, where did you learn this? He said, well, we were in Corinth. And he says, I want to go to Corinth. And so they said, we'll give you a letter and introduce you to the faith there, the people there. And he went to Corinth. Let's look at, at that verse. Back to chapter 18 of Acts. <clears throat> verse, verse 17. And he wanted to cross to Achaia. The brethren encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace. For he powerfully refuted the Jews in public demonstrating by the Spirit that Jesus was the Christ. Now when we go to 1 Corinthians, when Paul wrote and he was talking about the letter that Chloe's people had written him about all the problems there, one of the very first things he says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So Apollos was very much on the scene in Corinth and he he blessed the people and he was very much very much there so that takes us to chapter 19 now it happened while Apollos was at Corinth while Apollos was at Corinth Paul the upper country came to Ephesus and found some disciples okay we said goodbye to Ananias and Sapphira now we're saying goodbye to Apollos in, in, in the book of Acts but like I said in every greeting a final greeting like Paul did as he wrote he, he, he says I thank the Lord for Priscilla and Aquila uh, Apollos in different, in different manners but at the end of several epistles that he wrote he thanked the Lord for this couple and this man who helped him to proclaim the gospel and get it out. So now we pick up with Paul and he has gone in this yellow part up here. He left, he left Antioch and he's coming on over and he went through uh, uh, what we know is Asia and we're going to say something about that in just a minute. And he wound up in Ephesus, and that's where he was. Now, remember the scripture we just read? When he dropped off Priscilla and Aquila, <clears throat> they wanted him to stay. And he said, no, I'm not going to stay, but I'll come back if I can, <clears throat> if the Lord allows. Well, the Lord allowed, and he came back. So let's look at, at <clears throat> verse 2. And he said, <clears throat> excuse me, 
Let's go back to verse 1. Uh, Paul passed through the upper country and came to Ephesus and found some disciples. So probably uh, we, we, we know in just a few minutes that there were 12 men, basically 12 men, that he found there. And, and he, he knew uh, something about them in what they were preaching and what they were teaching and their testimony there. But there was something missing. So Paul comes in with verse 2, and he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, No, we have not heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. If you look back up to verse 25, this man was instructing them, this Apollos now, only being acquainted with the baptism of John. So it's quite possible that these people had been led to a point uh, by, uh, by Apollos. Uh, Ray Steadman, who I read from, <laughs> he calls them halfway Christians. Uh, they, 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 they knew a lot, you know, but they were just, they didn't have the whole, whole story. Um, and they had preached the, the baptism of John. Basically, John had declared these truths. Forgiveness of sin is possible before God on the basis of repentance. John and the people expressed their repentance in baptism as a symbolic act of cleansing and <clears throat> that he announced that the one's coming would complete the work that he had begun and he would baptize them with the Holy Spirit. We talked about this early on back there, that when people came to faith out of the Jewish community, there was something to set them apart. And what was the something that set them apart? Speaking in tongues, and, and it, it always accompanied baptism at that particular point in time. So let's go on and read. Verse 3, And he said unto them, What then were you baptized? And he said, into John's baptism. Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in him who was coming after him, that is, in Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came to them, and they began speaking uh, with tongues and prophesying, and they were in all about 12 men. So <clears throat> this was a little unusual case here in that Paul laid their hands on them. But we've always talked about laying hands as setting them apart. We do that sometime today. We set these people apart for a particular job. We've gone through that in the past. So when Paul got these people, he says, what baptism are you acquainted with? And he said, the baptism of John. He did the same thing Priscilla and Aquila did to Apollos. He took them aside. He says, let me tell you the rest of the story. And when he did, he laid their hands on them. They spoke in tongues as evident to the community around them that they lived, that they were disciples of Jesus. 
and they were these 12 men. So, uh, as they were, were, were there <clears throat> um, about these 12 men, so he had a nuclei of people. Verse 8, And he entered the synagogue and continued to speak out boldly for about three months, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. But when some were becoming hard, hardened and disobedient, speaking evil of the way, therefore the people he withdrew from them and took them as oh, took the disciples reasoning daily in the school of, of Tyrrhenius. Um, okay, there's a couple of little things here. Um, he 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 for three months he had freedom to preach in the synagogue. But then they got a little harding, as we know that has happened. And this little phrase begins, speaking evil of the way. And it's a capital W-A-Y. We find this little phrase, the way, six times in Acts. And this is one of the times we, we find it. This is actually the second time we find the way mentioned in Acts. And so Paul is simply saying, or Luke is simply saying, uh, these people were speaking evil or bad about the people of the way. Verse 10, and this took place for two years so that all who believed in Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jew and Greek. Everybody in this orange place up here, Asia, heard the word of the Lord, both Jew and Greek. Paul stayed in Ephesus. Some people stretch it a little bit and say maybe up to two to three years. Scripture says here he stayed with them two years. This is the longest time. He stayed at Corinth a year and a half, and he stayed here at um, for two years there was a great work that was at Ephesus uh, he, he later he later sent Timothy back to pastor the church and most and a lot of people say that John John the beloved or John the disciple he wound up as a pastor there at Ephesus it was a great ministry and a great church and, but there was a lot happening uh, downstream of that. And we'll get into that next week a little bit. But <clears throat> here you see how the Lord's leading and how God is progressing and how things are, are moving. And, and it's just in God's own time and in God's own way. Okay. Um, let me see. Let me go back to my notes now. I think that's basically it. <clears throat> you, you remember we talked about the word of a testimony and we talked about Rahab. You know, when, when the people were going into to Jericho, this is back in our study of Joshua, and <clears throat> when, when uh, the, the spies came into the land and they went to Rahab's house and Rahab told them, we have heard... We have heard what has been going on. And he, she, she, she took care of the spies. A testimony. 
in this particular case, Paul was there these two years and everybody in that area, according to Scripture, says they knew who Jesus was. Didn't say they accepted him, but they knew. Well, I believe the term is the word of the Lord, wouldn't it? <clears throat> uh, he heard the word of the Lord. So the Lord uh, was preached. Folks, that's our only responsibility. All we're responsible to do is tell. It's the Lord's responsibility in the Holy Spirit's ministry. What's the major ministry of the Holy Spirit is to convict of sin. So we're to, we're to tell, we're to invite, we're to proclaim, we're to tell everybody we need, we know, and leave the rest to the Lord. Apollos, I'm going to get him when I get to heaven, if, if that's even important at the time. Uh, I'm going to ask him, did you write Hebrews? And then we'll, 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 go from, we'll go from there. Thank you for being here today. Uh, greet our friends from Faith, Hope, and Victory. I hope you brought hamburgers and whatever to share with the folks out there. And, and uh, pray for us that's singing because some of us don't know what we're doing. So uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll appreciate all the help you can get. Mac, if you just want to stay there, we'll move you to the choir real quick. <laughs> okay, well, we're glad. We're glad to have you all. Let's pray, and we'll go from there. Father, we thank you for who you are, and we thank you for the word of God that we can hold in our hands, and we ask that you'd bless us. Father, give us a good time today. Let us uh, worship you in the spirit of truth. Uh, we thank you for... Jesus who came as a baby but so many people worship the baby but they deny Christ of the cross and Father it's Christ of the cross that saves us so Father let us get that message out during this Christmas time that Jesus didn't stay a baby he grew up and lived a sinless life and, and died for our sins and rose again and someday He's coming back. Thank you for the promises the word contains and we'll give you the praise for everything that's done today. In your name we ask it. Amen. Thank you, Dean. Thank you, kid. You still putting out fires, Will? I'm missing miss them all. I'm always on work. Oh, my. I'm dropping the fire trucks every day. Keep on keeping on. Yes, sir. Probably glad to have you, honey. Thank Enjoy you so that. much. Okay.